Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture in films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. Which he's heard us say before and is not, does not like it. Um, anyway. Hold open. This, this. <laughs> <laughs> no, because God, for, that's the one part of the episode. I know, the one part he would hear. Damn <laughs> if it. we ever open the podcast. Yeah, no. <laughs> keep it buried deep half an hour in where it belongs. Whew. All right, let's do this. I'm not going to say I was born ready because I'm an adult and it's not the 90s. That's true. We are adults and it is not the 90s. It is not. It's 89. We're in the middle of 89. Hi, guys. It is 1989. Hi. Are you excited for our- I'm so fucking excited. The penultimate episode of the 1980s. It fucking is the penultimate. God damn it. oh no there's no escaping this you guys like nah, it's either this one. shit or uh constant recommendations and guilt trips about why i'm not watching certain things it's like two or three things i've ever really asked you to watch and you've never come through and it's just it. guys oh scott hasn't seen westworld scott doesn't know what's going on Dude. in the world in the or West Vice, world. which was more my concern. I know, but that that one I do Vice, you really gotta watch i do want to go back and watch it because i've only seen that clip where they're like eating He's eating fucking like ribs or whatever. Yeah, and in Bush's yard. Sit like yeah, and Cheney is basically like treating becoming the vice president as like a corporate merger or some shit. Yeah, when he's like, I'll be vice president, but I want to be like low key the president. Yeah, more yeah. or less. Um, that movie is very good. Yeah, I do want to watch that, but that's not what we're here for. It's really, really not. <laughs> we're kind of here for the opposite <laughs> of that. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, again. I said it last time, but <clears throat> Matt is not here. Um, our schedules just didn't work out. I would never dream of doing a Batman anything without Matt, but it just it didn't work out this time. I may just do a solo interview with him to apply to the Patreon, but we are here for the OG on-screen Batman from Batman 1989, the works of Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, starring Jack Nicholson as the Joker, Kim Basinger. Is it Basinger or Basinger? I don't know. No, I one think knows. it's Basinger. I think it's Basinger. I don't. Um, know. and the lovable Michael Go as Alfred, who played, he's the only person to return in every Batman movie in the '80s and '90s as the same character, because they James Bond Batman in the '90s. Yeah, but no, but he played Alfred for the first four Batman movies. Four, yeah. Those were the OG Batman movies prior to the Dark. The remake. Uh, yeah, to Batman, Batman Begins, Begins, right? So, yeah, we yeah. didn't have a Batman movie from, damn, for almost like 13 years. Yeah, it was a hot minute. Well, and we'll talk at length about yeah, why we'll that was. Um, but yeah, directed by Tim Burton before he became Lindsay's least favorite thing ever, which I thought was Johnny Depp, but I guess we're wrong. 
Well, it's these two. These two are one and the same. This is an interchangeable <laughs> group of evil. It's I guess Johnny that's actually Depp true. And, Him, you know, Johnny Depp, are, Danny Elfman. No, no, no. Elfman, Elfman's fine. Elfman's <laughs> invited to the party. We got no beef with Elfman. It's it's Burton and Depp that we don't like. And those Can two. Can I tell you? Also, mm. like the amazingness that is this movie was this movie was so awesome and and Danny Elfman's score was so great that they were literally like we're gonna make a cartoon Batman what kind of theme song do you guys want and they're like why don't we just fucking use the one from the movie yeah hell yeah it's a great well yeah the score is incredible no Elfman's invited to the parties okay good no, no Burton and no Depp but Keaton can come Keaton was great absolutely Keaton, Keaton is come. our Batman um, I do want to throw this out there because I do think this is really cool. This was a really big deal when this movie came out because comic book movies up to this point kind of really were shitty or they just like they just did not exist. So notable amongst the film's production was that Bob Kane, who was an original co-creator of Batman, assisted in the writing of the screenplay alongside Sam Hamm, which is an unfortunate name, uh, and Warren Skarin. So I thought that was really cool that they wanted to be so devoted to the source material that they actually brought in the fucking creator of Batman. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think um, a lot of the best adaptations do that, right? I agree. Ex- except I notably Harry Potter, right? Uh, still bad. Uh, <laughs> still so bad, despite... It's terrible authors, terrible involvement, and it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. Anyway, anyway, read us a plot summary, Scott. I will read us a plot. So I didn't realize this until I was watching this movie, but this is technically set sometime in the sophomore years of Batman's rise to notoriety and legend. We find Gotham City in the throes of its otherwise typical crime and corruption. Nothing is new. Fresh from a double cross, we're also introduced to the newly minted Joker, who seeks to overthrow the criminal underworld and throw Gotham into fits of laughing terror and chaos unless the Bat himself can stop him. Which, God, dude, I gotta tell you, like, I'm getting so good at writing these. That's so not true, you guys. This was like four sentences long before we started recording. Oh my god. But, okay, so another really good thing that I do like about this is unlike fucking Indiana Jones last week, we can find these movies in multiple places now. Right? It's on Peacock. It's on HBO Max. It's ju- They are so much more accessible than what I would have considered another 80s classic. It kind of blows my mind. I didn't even realize it was on HBO because as, as I mentioned every week, I you know, ask Siri to play me the movie on the Apple TV. And it said open in Peacock. And I said, sure. So I I didn't even realize I just talked to it. I just am like, Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Show me a Batman movie, Siri. (laughs) So I just, that's how I don't, I didn't even realize I was on HBO, which obviously is my preferred platform because it's like where I am anyway, on account of I bet you can't say it with me. Westworld. Westworld. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> that app's already open. <laughs> it's always open, guys. Anyway. To the timeline. To the timeline. Doodaloo.
It's 1989. It continues it's to be. It's just one more time, guys. We're only going to do this one more time. How many times have we... Because it's been a while since we've been in the timeline. It has... Oh, yeah, we've been here for a hot minute. We've been in 89 since... Um, Most of season two has actually been the 80s. Well, the 80s, yeah. But actually, 89, we only had this and The Last Crusade. And then we will have The Little Mermaid. It's not our last movie of the 80s. Um, but before we had our little break for the boys, we had Who Framed Roger Rabbit and right. Land Before Time in 88. So mm-hmm. um, we haven't been here for all that long. We've seen some cool stuff, but... This was by far the coolest. This was the one. This was. I actually agree with that. For historical context, both Seinfeld and The Simpsons premiered on NBC and Fox, respectively. Tiananmen Square protests took place in China. They did. The Exxon Valdez spilled eight, or, oops, 11 million gallons. I just had like a weird eye thing happen right there. The, <laughs> let me please go ahead. edit this. The Exxon Valdez spilled 11 million gallons of oil into Alaska's Prince William Sound. Good thing it didn't spill it into the River Thames. Mm, Scott. (laughs) I swear, the number of things I let go by, but... Dude, I know. Okay. Um, Oscar winners. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Best Art Direction Academy Award winner was Batman, actually. Um, this is actually, it's not really a little fun fact. I do just think this is something that is important to note about the rise of superhero movies. No other superhero movie after 1989 would ever win an Academy Award until 2004 with Spider-Man 2 for best visual effects and The Incredibles for both best animated feature and achievement in sound editing. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, indeed. Um, Batman was the top grossing movie of the year. It was, and I did make a mistake on Last Crusade last week. Batman, or excuse me, Batman was the highest grossing domestic film, but The Last Crusade was the highest grossing film worldwide. Interesting. Okay. I know. That was that was really odd. Um, and we're going to do something a little bit different this time, you guys. We're not going to talk about sequels during the little timeline jump. So let's get out of the timeline and get right into the movie. Let's do it. Woo! So sequels are important with Batman, right? Sequels are super important. Technically, this is kind of one. This is a reboot of the Adam West like nonsense of the 60s. And then there's like a movie in the 40s, too. Like there was some some real true shenanigans happening in the Batman oeuvre prior to this. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> real serious shenanigans. Like so I just that's what I found kind of most fascinating watching this was really trying to keep that in mind of like, okay, this is like the reboot. This is like Batman's fucking moment following Mm -hmm. the Adam West debacle and like shark repellent, dude. Like, come on. (laughs) I mean, and and much love to Adam West. Like I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. Oh yeah. I mean, the show is like funny and goofy and all that shit, but like, but goddamn, like, yeah, (laughs) this, this was some different shit. Like this was definitely, a very cool reboot and it set the stage for so incredibly much like i and and so oh god tell me about the next movie after this tell me about the rest of tim burton's terrible legacy of jesus christ i hate so, him so much 
Tim Burton, no, mo, like very famously, does not do sequels. He just wants to move on to the next idea. However, in he's 1992, doing, I'm interjecting. He's doing Beetlejuice too, for the record. He is actually doing a new Beetlejuice too. So I on. do think that is. I was going to mention it, but thank you. Um, yeah. So Warner Brothers convinced him to come back to make to this point at the time of this recording, the only sequel Tim Burton has ever done in Batman Returns, which I'm going to sit here and tell you guys is a Godfather 2 Empire Strikes Back situation. I would watch Batman Returns a thousand times. Yeah, I've seen that movie way more than I'd seen this one. Bro. I know that movie at least a little bit. You know what I mean? This was more like, what? Danny DeVito, Christopher Walken. Are you joking my ass right now? Like, dude, let's go. Any hoodles. After that, they're... Warner Brothers wanted to make a little bit more of a, not lighter, but a more inviting Batman scene. Lighter is, is not the worst. Like, sure. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. It kind of Batman is, Forever was lighter. It was. So Batman Forever came out in 1995 and it introduced Chris O'Donnell as Robin. And that's when we got the nonsense that was Tommy Lee Jones's Two-Face and Jim Carrey's Riddler. And that movie stands out as like the only thing that I wasn't allowed to see as a kid. And I was eight when that movie came. Are you serious? Yeah. And I was allowed to watch Jurassic Park had come out around the same time or before that. Like my parents didn't give a fuck. Like I said, like the first live action movie that we had like on VHS was like Jurassic Park followed by like Fight Club. And like my parents didn't give a shit what I watched, but I remember being really mad because I wanted to see Batman Forever because it was the first one that came out in my, you know, ability to know Sphere what was going on, see. right? Yeah. In my childhood. That was eight. <laughs> um, and I really liked Jim Carrey, right? It was like a big fan of Ace Ventura. At oh, eight. yeah, absolutely. And I remember my mom being like, you can watch the parts with him in it, but like you can't watch the movie. And I remember like being really bummed about this. And in retrospect, I'm like, MJ, what? Like, you didn't give a yeah. fuck. This was the line. Batman Forever was what you, you couldn't tolerate. Yeah, that kind of blows my mind. Like, why? <laughs> Just to update everyone on, like, shit my weird parents did and didn't allow For in the 90s. Real? Like, what? That's insane to me. That is so insane to me. It really goes against, like, the Werner household. I don't know what the... I remember it, it kind of so does. Anyway... Yeah, after that. That came the good one. The one I really unabashedly just, it turns out, like, based on my text messages to Scott the other day. I can't believe that I read that with my own two eyes. Yeah. So, yeah, like I'd said before, they kind of did a James Bond sort of thing. Keaton didn't want to come back and do Batman. Um, I'll explain why a little bit later when we get into Bruce Wayne and Batman, but he didn't want to come back. So they're like, shit, we got to find somebody else. And so they're like, you know, who's coming off like this dope ass high of. I don't know what he's doing right now. Val fucking Kilmer. Yeah, randomly. Yeah, like why? Oh, and you know what? Nicole Kidman's pretty hot. Why don't we bring her into this? I mean, always that's the answer, though. Nicole Kidman is the answer to all everything. Always. It's true. She yeah. plays Dr. Chase Meridian. But yeah, so after this, after Batman Forever and the train wreck that was both of them trying to play the Joker twice, we got Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Joel Schumacher, you sick son of a bitch. Why? What your problem is. Dude, are you kidding me? Why do the suits have nipples on them? He has a fucking credit card. That's not Bane. 
That was hilarious. Who cares? Sure it is. It's Schumacher's Bane. It's, it's Schumacher's I, Bane. I, you know I got absolutely zero patience for a lot of like adaptation purity shit outside of Harry Potter. Where, again, Harry Potter could have changed shit as long as it made any goddamn sense. Harry Potter True. just like the plot doesn't matter fuck you like they didn't attempt to create their own thing i think Lindsay's so mad about secrets of dumbledore i'm sorry it's those original fucking things i, I can't know. wait to get to them the point is that outside of that i got no tolerance for an adapta- adaptation purity run that totally is bane it's schumacher's bane fuck it how do you come on that movie i mean it's fine hilarious. but here's here's where like everything kind of falls apart for your whole argument this is literally like it's confirmed. This is the movie that annihilated Alicia Silverstone's career. I'm not saying that the movie was like critically acclaimed. I'm saying that I loved it. <laughs> no, it's good fun. Like I love all of the ice puns that Arnold Schwarzenegger makes. Like that shit is so funny. What well, killed the dinosaurs? And the ice age. Yeah, like, that shit is so it good. Was, I thought it was so much fun. And like they ride a motorcycle and it's all campy and for kids. And I was a kid. They have ice know? skates built into their boots for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it was for kids. <laughs> and we were kids. Like what That's about true. it wasn't great, you know? And also while I mourn Alicia Silverstone's career, and I do, like my text tirade to Scott this week was about like, I viscerally remember the marketing for that and being like, oh, me too. Girl, Bat Girl is going to be in this. That's why I went to see that movie. We were stoked. Me and my friends, like, that I remember the trailer. Like, I remember seeing that on TV and losing my shit. And I didn't give a fuck about Batman. Not one single fuck did I give about Batman. And. I was like so excited. So regardless, this movie got me stoked about superheroes when I was, you know, a little 10-year-old girl. You know, who cares? I don't care that it was bad. I loved it when I was 10. Fucking love me some Batman and Robin. The point is, after that, that's the part of the Batman history that I think like I get confused of like who made which movie and right. Oh yeah. So it was Schumacher up to 97 and then we didn't have a Batman movie until 2008. Well, and that's when we got Batman begins and we had the Nolan trilogy. And Correct. so ev- that's when modern Batman started to exist. And mm-hmm. it was like in the modern phase of movies. It was, it was like the mid 2010s. Yeah. So, and then we kind of know the story from there, right? Like, we don't have to go into all the Snyder stuff. Like, we know where the, the current state of DC is. But these are this, these, these original four movies. I just fucking so crazy. Oh, no, it totally is. The last thing I am going to say on it is there was supposed to be a fifth Joel Schumacher movie called sure, Batman right. Unchained. A third, a third, you mean? Oh, right. So a fifth Batman 90s movie, a right. third Schumacher movie called right. Batman Unchained. And it was supposed to be with i believe scarecrow you should have done it would have been great 10 out of 10 more schumacher batman (laughs) it's my feel i thought it was great so funny it's so stupid um and another thing that's great about batman that like i think we'll come back to later but like something that i think is funny is like in all of those movies all the way up to now all the way through bvs and all this shit and the batman there is but one Batman origin story, and that's Batman Begins. And then the rest of it, it's just like, all right, bitches, my dude is a bat. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, we already know. 
And at some point we see, like, you see the pearls and the parents die. And a lot of the time you see him go into the the bat cave and find the bats. Like, right? Like, that's a common flashback. But, like, not nary but once have we seen a Batman origin. You just are made to accept, like, my dude is a bat. Whereas, like, Spider-Man has so many, like. We have to watch Uncle Ben. We gotta watch. Yeah. Every other superhero, we gotta know exactly how the fuck. But with Batman, it's just like he just is a bat, every and everybody's just fine with that. Can I bring you like into? I'm gonna segue. I'm gonna use everyone but Batman as a segue to tell you you're fucking wrong because we're moving into Gotham, and this is totally Gotham in the '80s. But Superman lives right across the river. And everyone knows where Superman came from, too. Like, I don't need to watch that planet blow up every goddamn time <laughs> to well, know. Well, right. And yet, I think every Superman movie does they show do. that. Not Like, isn't that yeah. always where we're at? Yeah. We always get it. Or um, there's always some kind of throwback to it. Like, Batman, we're like, dude, we get it. Okay, the pearls, whatever, fine. Like... <laughs> Well, and and so, like, while we're here, like, Superman's kind of a dick, right? Like, he's right he's across kind of a the dick. And he's just, like, this, like, crime-ridden, like, Gotham's a fucking disaster, right? Yeah, and he's just like, real. nah, fuck that. Like, this, <laughs> this regular old dude, no powers, dressed up like a bat billionaire. Like, he's got this. Like, he's going to take care of that shit. Like, Superman yeah. has to have so much time where he could just be like, oh, also, I could help with, like, these, like, low-level fucking bat villains. But no, yeah, for real. Right. Is there like a comic explanation for why Superman isn't like doing more to help the people of Gotham? Because Gotham seems like it's in a really bad situation, right? It's not like like Metropolis needs a hero. Sure. But like Gotham is like, why doesn't Superman help? It's so bad. It's actually majorly the reason is uh, Batman hates him. Oh, okay. It's his territory. Batman's an asshole. All right, I got it. That's a fair answer. He's like, I'd rather like take in impoverished children or like kids who have been through serious fucking trauma. Adopt and a bunch of robins. To like beat the <laughs> shit out of grown adults than get Yo. the help of a space alien that can lift 30,000 tons. Because Batman's an asshole. Yeah. Like, that's the <laughs> answer I needed. I'm like, I got I, yeah. I, t- 10-4. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but with the make of Gotham, I'm glad that you threw this in here too because I didn't see this part of your notes. But yeah, a lot of this movie is shot in miniature. But like all of the, a lot of the like buildings and stuff, this is a very Gotham industrial looking or like gothic industrial looking Gotham. Uh huh. Whereas like later on, we get this like weird neon looking Gotham. And then eventually in Nolan's, we're just like, that's Chicago. Like right, okay. <laughs> it's just like don't yeah. worry. No, this was a great Gotham. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I think that that's where Tim Burton is like not the worst thing in the universe. Like in this movie, this was before. For the record, this was before Tim Burton became the worst because he does eventually. Same with Depp. This was when the two of them both were doing good. So stuff that they made at this time is not generally a dumpster fire. And I think that early eighty, well. Early Tim Burton from the 80s, not early 80s, but early, comma, 80s Tim Burton was kind of the perfect choice for this movie. Like his his vision of Gotham is really, really cool. And it's very like like 70s, 80s New York, right? Like when the deuce is set. 
which has Maggie Gyllenhaal in it, which is the connective tissue to Batman. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That show is great. Find a way. I found a way. That wasn't even hard. No, Just, I know. The point is, um, as far as the Tim Burton stuff goes, and like the look of this movie, like it was very cool. And I do want to like take the moment to give him credit because of what this sets up. And it's more than just like that. We wouldn't have the Batman franchise as it is without him. Cause oh, we yeah. wouldn't like thinking about what a, an enormous turn this is from the uh, Adam West stuff. Right. right like right. this really said it wasn't just like, Oh, it's Batman, but it's more modern. It's like, no, 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 no. Like the Batman we had before this was not, batman that we know and it gave us the music and the look and the feel and a lot of the tropes you know like the i'm batman and mm. you know we just saw that with i'm Je- vengeance or whatever the yeah. fuck. let's <laughs> go vengeance it's so funny um they you know we got so much from this movie in the in the world of batman but we also got everything else in the world of superheroes and it's really interesting that we had this like this transition from where like the heroes on TV were like Rambo, right? That's what action movies were. Right. Yeah. Like before this, we had uh RoboCop and like Rambo and Predator. Terminator. Terminator. Shit like that. Yeah. We had these like muscle dudes, like Stallone was in movies and Schwarzenegger, you know, and we kind of switched from that to like the muscle suits of the superhero mm-hmm. movies yeah. where like Keaton didn't have to be cut, you know? And it's like this really different version of the action movie. Like to an extent we still have like you have your fast and furiouses and things like that. But Oh, well yeah. But a lot of action these days is like more the superhero genre and then we had this like 10 year period where we only had Batman movies in the superhero genre, which is like really weird and it's like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why that is. But then 10 years later it's the X-Men and it's Rami's Rami's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's like X-Men. Crazy. We jumped into X-Men uh, 2000. 2000, yeah. Um, Spider-Man in, tw- in Spider-Man 2002. 2002. Then and we oh, dude, then we got Ghost Rider. Jesus Christ, Nicolas Cage. Well, there was a lot after that. Like there was a lot of crap and there were some good stuff mm-hmm. and then it all led into Iron Man as well as like Man of Steel had uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out Man in the interim. I do too. And like but for 10 years, it was like just Batman. And then all of a sudden, we had like superheroes on screen. And I just think this is like a microcosm of like of what we're seeing now. It was like in the year 2000, all of a sudden people were like, all right, I'm ready for something a little bit crazier because all we've had is Batman because he's all grounded. He's like the Game of Thrones of superheroes. Right. Yeah. You're like, right. dude, I don't want to see this like brooding kid, this brooding billionaire beat the shit out of people he's not going to kill. Well, and I, well, I know, I think that people loved Batman. I just think he was like accessible because he's a superhero, but he doesn't have powers. The same way that Game of Thrones was like, everybody watched Game of Thrones because it was fantasy, but it didn't really have a lot of magic. Like it was like Game of Thrones is like a very low magic fantasy and it was palatable to people in a way that other fantasy stuff hadn't been before. And I wonder if Batman was the same way that it was like for 10 years, it was kind of all society was able to handle from like a comic nerd standpoint, because it was still like not cool to be a nerd. And then in the year 2000, it was just like, nah, like the X-Men are here, motherfucker. Like just it's everybody like we just as a society, we're like ready 
for something a little more crazy to be kind of mainstream. And I think it's just like how now as a society, we're like collectively ready for the multiverse. Like it's just, we're ready. We're ready to understand that shit. And I think that's why it's such a big deal that all these things, because that's when we were like hyping this stuff up. Like, right, was in, like, the early 2000s. We're like, dude, we got, like, this dope new Spider-Man. And, like, oh, my God, now we got another Spider-Man in Andrew Garfield. And then we get the most amazing movie of 2021 in No Way Home. And it's 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 seeing these things that got you jazzed up 20 years ago coming back and being like, now we're full circle. Well, and just being able to, like, accept that as an audience, because I think if you'd thrown something like that at us, like when the Andrew Garfield movies were made, for instance, if there had been a movie where he runs into Tobey Maguire in a similar vein as um, No Way Home, society wasn't ready for that. Like, we just are, we're ready now. We're ready to understand some of this crazier shit and just, and go to the next level, I think. Just like stepping out of Batman and into the X-Men and Spider-Man was kind of the next level. And I just, I have, I have friends who don't get it, right? Who are just not, they're just not fans of this stuff. And they bemoan the loss of the theater, right? They're like, it's all this big superhero blockbuster and it's all sci-fi fantasy and I don't get it and I don't watch it. And now there's 75 movies and I don't know, you know, and they're like, and now the theater's not for me. And I'm like... I feel so I'm sorry, you guys, but I was like, it took so long and like so much work to get here. Like we finally are here. It took all Mm. this time of superhero movies to like be where we are now. And I'm like, why do you hate fun? There were three (laughs) Spider-Men. Yeah, I know. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, just let this be. Let us have this. The theaters now belong to the nerds. Just chill for a hot minute. Like y'all were in charge for a long time. But it's astounding to me that it took 10 years to do anything but Batman. Society is just like, we can't get enough of the bat. Every couple of years, that's all the superhero we need. Because there were no Superman movies coming out during this time. The last Superman movie came out in 93, I think. Let me see. Superman. Mm -mm. It was like 87. 87. Superman 2 was like 87. Jesus Christ. That's right. Superman The Quest for Peace came out in 1987. Yeah. And that killed the franchise. Yeah, it did. And then it's just Batman from here on to Nightcrawler, man. It's just like. Speaking of Batman. This movie opens up. And I'm like, I haven't seen this in like a million decades, right? I'm like, I have no fucking idea what happens in this movie. Like I said, it's Batman Returns I've seen more more times. Right, um, yeah. Because I like the Penguin. And so I. Fuck yeah, dude. I love Danny DeVito. Yeah, he's so good. This movie opens up and there's this like sweet little family, right? And they get robbed or whatever. And I'm all like, oh, my God, this is like we're opening up on the Waynes getting killed. And I'm like, and I start looking at them and I'm like, Anna Delvey over here. I'm like, you look poor. (laughs) If you guys haven't seen her Twitter, like 100 percent, that's exactly what she told me to go look at. And that's exactly what she did. Yeah, you look poor. Like, I was like, this can't possibly be the Waynes. Right. And then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, yeah, they did look poor. And they were. And now they're robbed and dead and it's horrible. Yes. <laughs> and then I felt bad. But I did enjoy that kind of foreshadowing to the flashback that we'll get later. Yeah. And I'm going to forgive this movie for showing the death of the Waynes because we didn't this, have it to this point. Yeah. This is the first movie we weren't like collectively as a society tired of seeing that. Yeah. So I'll allow it. Um, but I was exacerbated by it. 
despite this movie having been made in 1989, I was like, I don't fucking care how. Dude, the 80s have been a struggle for Lindsay. Jesus Christ. I don't care how they, why they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you look poor. You could be wearing par. Versace. <laughs> Anna, you're in prison right I now. I swear to God, that show is so funny. Unreal. Anyway, what did you think of this, Bruce? I actually. I like this is probably my best case scenario for how you could do Bruce. He is very aloof, very almost doofusy. Like when he's talking to Knox and Vicky in the in the sh- in the armor room, and he's just like, "Well, that's where I bought it." Like he he plays the <laughs> "I don't get why people don't understand I'm dummy rich" card like super well. He has a little bit of a Clark Kent thing going on, doesn't he? Where he's like a little bit of a nerd in kind his alter idiot. ego. Yeah, yeah. kind of like a little doof. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny though, because of uh um because of Keaton's like he's not jacked, which was like a yeah. audience reaction when he was cast. They were like expecting like a bulkier, like they were expecting like a bat yeah, flick. Like a bigger guy. Yeah, audiences were kind of flipped out in the eighties when this got um announced and actually because of that this is one of the first movies to get like a teaser trailer that does exist on youtube and is terrible and yet it like oh it's bad it was like unedited like there's no music it's just like weird things like slammed together warner brothers was like show them something so they know it's not (laughs) trash seriously and they did (laughs) and audiences calmed down that's what's fascinating if you watch it today it's utter garbage but audiences actually really calmed down when they saw it and we're like okay it's like a minute and a half long of just like random clips of the movie slammed together senselessly like wait till you see it it's so crazy it's amazing it's crazy enough that i didn't put it in my notes i just was like wow and like walked away from that There's no episode we just posted on Twitter and be like, this is why we're not doing this, guys. This this fucking movie, man, like for being good. Yeah, I, I like how out of touch and kind of like. Yeah. Like, like just sort of like slightly off Bruce is. Yeah, he's just like a little bit of a weirdo. And like, I really like his first date with with Vicky. Okay, Vic- so that I'm glad that this is like it's Vicky Vale. And I'm glad yeah. that this is what you like pulled from this. More than like anything else. Anything else about Bruce? This is yeah. Takeaway. I th- I love it because it does do a really good job of showing that he isn't he isn't always acting when he has no idea how to do the romantic side of things because that is a huge part of Bruce Wayne and it's Batman the Bru- the Batman Bruce Wayne dichotomy. They can't have romances. It just it can't work. He he always has to do things on his own, or he can't have this person get close and to him because nothing can get hurt. He always has a girlfriend. And he always has a girlfriend. I know. <laughs> <sighs> and yet, he does so much romance. Uh, he really does. I know. No, I I feel you. I mean, it's like Spider Man's always doing the same shit, right? Oh same yeah, thing. he's got dude. Holy shit, he's got kid. No, I almost said kid. We'll talk bride. about anyway. That. Whatever, we'll get there. But I do think it's important to note her her inclusion into the romantic side of of the story or even just the romantic side of the story and it at all really um creates the only part of this movie that i did not like it was not there were parts of it that i enjoyed i did like their dinner scene and i liked when they went and had dinner with alfred with alfred that's yeah i do like that the part that i have the issue with and i know you play this a lot for laughs in your notes and shit like that but did he really expect her to spend the night on the first night? Like, is that seriously what he was like expecting? This is insane. 
All right. For as it's, it was the craziest thing because he was during the dinner, like completely like disconnected, disconnected, total rich boy disconnect. Right. Like I thought that scene played well. Like, I think it was, you know, it, it feels it's 1989 making, it would look a lot different. Oh today. yeah. It'd be yeah. a lot less boring if they made it today. But I enjoyed that scene of like, Oh, I've never even been in this room. And then they go eat with Alfred and all oh, that's very sweet. But like with Alfred, it's like, oh, well, good night, guys. Like you should, like it's very clear. Like she's there late. Like yeah. it's totally their plan for her to stay over. And despite him being a total doof, he's like entirely confident about that. Like sexually, he's incredibly confident. Socially, oh, yeah. he's like not so much. He's Johnny Bravo. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of amazing. Like he just like flipped on a dime to being like. We're gonna I'm trying fuck. to think which Batman has that warrior gonna fuck energy, like Batfleck. It, I was gonna say it feels like Batfleck, even though he didn't really have a girlfriend. The first time we see him as Bruce Wayne, he wakes up on the lake house and there's a model in his bed. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely the most like Batfleck was the the bat I'd like to fuck. True, right? he's the yeah. bilf. Mm. No question, definitely not Battison. <laughs> Battison is not the bilf. <laughs> Dude, that's because we don't see him do anything as Bruce. Uh, it's because he's an emo teenager. It's true. Yeah, he's not even, it's not the Bruce I'd like to fuck, it's the bad I'd like to fuck. It could true. be either. It's Bilf either way. It's Bilf. But in this case. Bring your own B. If it's the bat, I don't even care if it, Madison's bat's not getting it either. He's way, I don't know, like, that suit was mm. dope. And the fact that they gave him the spur chingling sound, I was like, mm, okay, I'm kind of like, I'm loving this. <laughs> but yeah, like, but you, know. nah, you can tell he's an emo teenager. Oh, it, for sure. When he turns 35, we'll talk. <laughs> the okay. point is. Anyway, my biggest okay. problem with this whole thing, like, yeah, it's weird that he just goes into this, like, we're totally going to bang. And it, it honestly, it gives you this air like he's done this before. Well, totally. And it's, it's weird that that's the, like, that's their first date, right? Yeah. It's weird that the first date is like, I'll meet you at your house. And I understand that this is like not a Tinder date. And this is like Bruce Wayne. And you like know <laughs> each other professionally. And it's like in a time before cell phones where like you just. You like, had to actually call a cab. Oh, these are like things that maybe you would have done because you would have like known each other. You didn't meet on a dating app. Like this is maybe something that happened in the 80s. I don't know. But uh Seemed like a lot to me that she was like, yeah, I'll just drive out to your secluded mansion in the middle of nowhere at night. That sounds great. In I'll bring dark. my sleepover bag. And then she wakes up and he's like hanging upside down, right? He's like a bat. <laughs> like what the That fuck? right there is the biggest problem I have with this movie. We already so fucking know that he's Batman. I'm yelling this at Tim Burton right now. We already know that he's Batman. Tim. In case, like, you missed it, in case yeah. you also... We don't need this dumbass three in the morning, I have to sleep upside down bullshit. That's so stupid to me. Okay, here's the best part about it. In this movie, correct me if I'm wrong, there is no titular flashback scene with him discovering the Batcave, right? No, That's it just kind of was, like, always there. Yeah. Okay, so this movie, the first Batman movie of its kind. Again, Adam West is this thing's predecessor. This movie comes out. It doesn't give us any backstory whatsoever. It just this guy's a bat. That's it. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Why His parents died, that. and now he's a bat. Yeah, and that's that's all we know. And Alfred is aware, and we don't know why. There's no explanation for this whatsoever. And my dude is sleeping upside down. Like, what are we supposed to believe? <laughs> for real. 
what does that lead us like how do we like what do we feel like his like bad powers are like does he have like is he i just the hit the lack of backstory in this movie is unreal okay so here's the other thing that i'm glad you brought that up too like for people who didn't know who just went into this like i'm a huge michael keaton fan are they supposed to think that he has bat powers because well, that's of what this? I'm saying like, what is the implication <laughs> of this? Like, what is it? If, if there was no such thing as this superhero, if this movie came out and Batman didn't exist in the comics, because obviously no one questioned it for a second because everybody fucking knew who Batman was. Well, yeah. if this was the first iteration of anything Batman, and it was like today, and they put out a movie like this. The internet would be on fire, being like, "What are his powers? Why is he a bat? Oh, Why does yeah, he sleep upside exactly. down? What happened? Why are we doing a- this? Why is his car shaped like a bat? Like they- for real? This movie is just like get good. Tim Burton's like, I do not care to explain that. Live with it. <laughs> and and I'm like, okay. And I'm like Burton. I wonder if he understood who Batman was. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, mean, I don't think. I'm not sure Burton like did his research on this. Maybe he was confused about his powers. I kind of think maybe this was almost like an M Night Shyamalan. Well, see, I can I can't say that because Bob Kane was there, so Bob Kane had to be like, yeah, that's cool. Have him hang upside down. I'm like, whatever, that's fine. Or maybe right? Bob Kane wasn't there that day. <laughs> I don't Dude, know. I don't know. <laughs> like, but... I will answer your other question though. Is yes. In of the first original four, I'm just gonna call it 90s Batman movies. Every girlfriend in those movies does know that he's Batman. Okay, she they do always find out. Yes, Vicky Vale knows in the in the fight at the end. You know what? I'm gonna do it anyway. Well, I mean, I the watched an ultimate fight at the end of <laughs> Batman Returns. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the second um, to last one or the no no in bat shut the fuck up the (laughs) in batman returns he actually has his mask torn off and reveals himself to michelle pfeiffer to show that he's batman because then christopher walken's like bruce wayne why are you dressed like batman that was a terrible christopher that was bad that was really bad anyway no yeah i remember okay so so his girlfriends do all know in the first four and then i know that in uh, Rachel Nolan figures films, it out. She knows at the end of the first it one. It kind of feels like she always knows. Like it's, I know that she does find out. Yeah. Like the point is, do they find out? None of them like go into it knowing. So, oh no, in yeah, the Nolan don't. films, she does. And then uh, Bruce doesn't have, as we said, Batfleck is Batfleck doesn't you know, have a stick because it doesn't have somebody locked it, <laughs> locking him down. So we don't got to worry about that. Um, and then. And then Badison's too young. He hasn't hit puberty. He doesn't. I mean, he had. No, he had. He had. That's that's right. That's right. They did hook up. And I don't think she feels. Well, no, she didn't know when we know that because no one found out. Yeah, she didn't know. That's right. Right. Yeah, she didn't know because she leaves. Well, and I also think in that movie, like, who fucking cared? Because Bruce, he was never Bruce. Like, it was like Bruce was like a permanent leave. Like, he was like not. (laughs) He was. He was checked (laughs) out. You can't have a Bruce to have a girlfriend, Madison. I think it's maybe like, honey, you can't. Anyway, um, I really liked how Alfred was present for the walk of shame out of Wayne Manor. Hell yeah, dude! That was so funny. Alfred is such a G. And she's just like, she's got no, like, there's, there's no sex shame in this movie. She's like, what up, Alfred? Good morning. Like, how'd you sleep? Yeah, we fucked. And he's like, I know I live here too. <laughs> she's like, yeah, right. It's just like, she, that was awesome. Yeah. I do also like that he inadvertently tells Vicky that Bruce was lying. 
when uh well, i know right she's like he's like i can't i have like a meeting today i'll be out of town for a couple of days um but when we get back and then when she's gone on the stairs she's like well we'll have to meet back up when you guys get back and dude, alfred's just like back miss vale we'll be here for quite some time and she's like fucking dick right like alfred way to be discreet <laughs> for real Alfred's just like... Which kind of makes me think, like, maybe this hasn't been done before. Or maybe they don't have that, like, unspoken agreement. Like, Alfred, when you walk the chicks out, just, like, don't fucking say anything about my schedule. Like, I don't like, know, dude. <laughs> like, I don't think that conversation's ever happened. Like, at all. Keaton's just not the bilf. He's, he's just, not, man. you know... He's, and I'll he's tell too you why. precious for this world. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why he actually is not the bilf. And it's not even, like... Because we do see him hanging upside down without a shirt on. He is pretty... In shape. I'm not going to say he's not. He's definitely not dad bod in this shit. No, but he's not the, like, from an 80s audience standpoint. No. He's not like the Schwarzeneggers and the... No, um, this was not Top Gun volleyball scene. That people were expecting. Like, that people were used to in their action heroes. Mm -hmm. Action heroes, 80s had to, like, be cut. Like, they were, like, muscle dudes, right? A lot of them. Um, Rambo holding up an M249 and all that shit with a single yeah, hand. Like, yeah, yeah. like they all, they were like bodybuilders, a lot of them. And uh, and I'm not saying that Chris Hemsworth isn't a thing, and thank you, God, but you know, you pushed too hard, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> Keaton didn't have to, though, is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And like, that's that's a choice that Hemsworth is making. Like, it is, way. yeah. Like, no one's like, dude, He's getting come on. more jacked. Like, yeah. he just, <laughs> yeah. like, he just He's like, I want to that. be Thor. And you know what? More power to him. And you know, yep. you know who excited trick, but um, you know who else is like really committed to the superhero body that they should Chris have? Pratt. No, dude, Brie Larson. Have oh, I know, dude. Her so her the when, Hemsworth workout, she's out there with chains and shit. Like Brie Larson got cut for miles. Yeah, she did. Really cut. The only reason I brought up Chris Pratt is because when he got cast in Guardians of the Galaxy, he was I know on he was the fat guy from Parks and Rec. Yeah, and then like they make a joke about how jacked he is in Parks and Rec, and they're like, "Dude, what did you do?" And he's like, "Oh, I just stopped drinking beer." <laughs> And they're like, what? No, they they for sure were like, uh, they say it in the Honest trailer for Guardians. They're like, yeah, Disney's just playing pranks on us, right? They're like, take the fat guy from Parks and Rec and make him into a sex symbol. <laughs> yeah. And like, and you know, more power to them because there's no one I'd rather see ride a motorcycle next to a Raptor, guaranteed. Oh, hell yeah. um, Your boyfriend's badass, <laughs> but yeah, he's he not not like cut like brie larson would kick his ass oh she beat the shit out of him yeah 100 yeah, percent. brie larson is fucking so cool anyway the point the batman is batman yeah. reminds me a lot the opening scene of this of the batman um it did i do like that mystical like i love his like appearance here i have a thing for and i said this about gore on love and thunder i have a thing about the slow entrance it's just it's just always badass. And the way Gore appeared out of the shadows when he was talking to the kids in the cage was so fucking lit. The way that Batman just walked out of the shadows and all we heard were the spurs and him just floating down in this like air vent shooting I don't even know what vapor into the air or whatever. And you're like, bro, these guys are so fucked right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like the thieves are like, there's no bat, but the bat's a myth. There's like and then, you know, yeah. obviously they get to it. Dude, when I was a kid, I used to uh, just a little like side note for you guys. When I was a kid, I used to think that that's how you were supposed to hold cigarettes in your mouth was like barely sticking to your lip. And so when you talked, it like flung around everywhere while you were talking. 
Also, I forgot that they say shit in this movie. This is PG-13, and this was before like the regulations for fucking shit were around. They he does say shit right before Batman shows up. Yeah, they say shit. A couple of the Joker says shit at one point. Yeah, he does. And sometimes that does happen with cigarettes. Uh, you're kind of trying to be like yeah that can happen i had a friend who used to like do it kind of on purpose and it was obnoxious when we were in college we were like 18 for the record i don't have an adult friend who thought that was when i was in college in my freshman year i knew a kid who thought that was funny all right i'm all right with that yeah i'm like let me clarify hang on that's not like part of my life right now um i really liked when keaton said a batman yeah and and it's an ad lib yeah, that's and like sick. they had him saying something stupid like "I am vengeance." Like they had him saying something like that, like something like we saw, like we see today. <laughs> like but like we saw with Pattinson, but it would have been like really bad because it was nineteen eighty nine, right? Like they have yeah. him saying something ridiculous that's unearned for a Batman who's like never been on screen before, right? Like Pattinson yeah. can with that shit now well and it's just like direct you don't have to do this whole like we know he is vengeance he is the knight like we know that shit him just being like so you know what it was honestly for me it's like this because up to that point they were like he's a myth like he's not real man the bat come on and then he's like i am batman and they're like holy shit well, kind of like the Iron Man line, right? And I think, yeah. I think like we can say things like "I'm vengeance" and "I am the knight now," and it's like cool because we already know that he's Batman because he mm-hmm. told us that in this movie. Whereas <laughs> in, in this one, if he had been like "I am the knight," I would have been like, "Is that why is Batman?" The knight, you like, yeah, just like that. Like, I, mean, I would be even more confused as, <laughs> as to what the shit is going on here. Like, I think I, I think Keaton was like, because it wasn't ad lib, right? Keaton was like, "Can it I just?" Was, yeah. I just say I'm Batman since I'm Batman. Like, can we just say that? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Fine. I'm busy ruining Lindsay's life. So funny. So I, I was really here for that. I was really here for all of his like bat stuff. Like I liked, um, I'm going to go on record and say his Batmobile is my favorite Batmobile. Yeah. It's sick. I, you know, I'll have to think about that. I'm like thinking, I'm thinking through the Batmobiles, but this is a good one. Dude, you know what we didn't talk about? Huh? Did uh in fucking Love and Thunder, since we're talking about Batman, did you know in the opening scene where Batman or Batman, Jesus fuck, when Thor is with the Guardians and they're fighting those weird labyrinth bird things, one of the tanks that they have is a tumbler from Nolan's Batman. Those those tanks that they have are tumblers. That's cool. I didn't I can't believe I didn't talk about that. Shit. Whatever. I'm so glad we brought this in now. I actually really like the Nolan Batmobile. I'm not going to lie to you. I did too. The Tumblr, everything about Nolan's universe was great because everything was real. They really flipped a fucking semi truck. That motorcycle really worked. The Tumblr is a real drivable vehicle. All of that shit was cool. Anyway, I'm getting way. I'm like looking at pictures of the Batmobile. All right. I also <laughs> like that we got for like the only time in a Batman movie, except for, I'm going to go ahead and say this uh, the best Batman movie. The Lego Batman movie. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, fight me. Uh this is the the only other one where we see the Batwing. I'm pretty sure it's just this one. Uh which is cool. Uh, like the Batwing. Yeah. And we definitely don't see it in modern Batman. Maybe it shows up in one of the Schumachers. I don't think so though. Cause they got the bat motorcycle no. and it Yeah, we never see we never he has the oh no, you know what? We do see it. I'm sorry. We do see it in Batman and Robin. Because one of them leaves by boat. They have the bat boat. 
One of them leaves with the bat motorcycle. <laughs> I love Batman and Robin. Yeah, and then one of them leaves with the bat wing. All right. And you know what? To be fair, Batfleck, the Bilf, does fly something at he some does. point, does he not? He's, yes, it's he not quite the bat wing, but like he no, does it's just get a big ass like drop ship. Yeah. No, doesn't he fly something in BVS that's like kind of nimble ish? And oh, he I flies thought that was it. just his Batmobile. I don't remember if he's in the air or in a car. It doesn't. Oh yeah, really he is because that's how he goes and saves Martha. You're right. Yeah, he is. doesn't yeah. he fly to Martha? I feel like I remember in the end fight that he's up in the air. So actually, maybe yeah. there are a number of bat wings, but this is kind of the campiest and dumbest, and the one that flies up in front of the boat. <laughs> makes the symbol. Um, I'm like, this is great. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, that's cool. So I I enjoyed that. I really like the kind of ridiculous like practical effect bat tools, like the terrible yeah. bat. The, the ridiculous bat grappling hook of which I, I believe this is the first uh, appearance of that grappling hook in the Batman. He does a bunch of cool bat he does stuff. A lot is of the cool bats, like basically. yeah, he does he does some cool stuff. He makes some like inappropriate comments about Vicky's weight in relation to the battering. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> um he, which I'm like, oh, Vicky, don't answer that question. Yeah. Um but uh <laughs> <laughs> Vicky, don't answer that question. That's the yeah, fucking Vicky, fucking walk away, man. Like this whole thing is just like red flag central. Um, but <laughs> I, no, I enjoyed all of his all of his bad shenanigans. I did, and and I enjoyed that he is noticeably wearing makeup, which is the funniest he part is. of Batman. Um, yeah. apart from the concept of Batman out at, in the daytime. Um, oh, dude, I'll never get apart, over that. The exception of daytime Batman, the funniest thing about Batman is his makeup and the fact that like he's got to put that on before he leaves yeah and off and like that's a lot of black makeup to get mm-hmm. off like my mascara isn't always like you can still see a little bit of it you know what i mean like how people don't just know that he's batman based I on know. makeup <laughs> and it, but you know who pulls that off like seamlessly into his life as bruce Battison. so he did actually i did really like that i we didn't really talk about that too much emo but, yeah. shit I don't know. I think I feel like I talked about it a lot. <laughs> did we? I feel like I said something I about I him being a backup singer for MCR. He's just so emo and like <laughs> all that makeup off, right? I could see him being like, this is what I this is what I look like. That doesn't make me Batman. Yeah. I will say this though. This is this is where uh the other trope or like the little com the little like jab in um the Dark Knight comes in when he's talking about making the suit more pliable he's like it'd be nice to, he's like you want to be able to turn your head he's like it'd be, it may drive in or backing out of the driveway a lot easier a hundred percent that is a direct reference to michael keaton being a thousand a thousand percent unable to turn his head in this movie or do anything i mean he really. was like he couldn't hear right he couldn't actually and i just found this out while we were doing notes for this he was extremely claustrophobic and being in this suit helped him draw him like be drawn and reserved. So it helped him build his Batman character a lot better. But imagining being claustrophobic and being inside a suit that you can't fucking move in, let alone here has to be absolutely terrifying. That's that is so crazy to me. It kind of reminds me like, again, just drawing some of that connection issue of like the original iron man suit which is like way better i'm sure than what keaton was dealing with but you know what i mean like compared to what Mm -hmm. they do today with all of that stuff and all that shit yeah 
Well, no, but I mean, even when he's in the full suit, the way that they caught, he only has the chest thing. Like, remember in the first movie, like, he had, like, the full fucking thing, and he, like, couldn't really move in it. And this kind of reminds me of that, just the evolution of the superhero suit is interesting, how much changes and how much doesn't change. And Yeah, um, like, what you want to keep and what's working for you and shit, yeah. Well, and just that, like, even you know 20 years after this movie came out we still had robert downey jr like unable to move in his but it was like the new set of superheroes it was the new era and mm-hmm. facing a lot of the same problems right that they later found a way to solve because now obviously batman can move around like the batman suit yeah. got figured out for you know for kilmer and clooney and stuff it was really just that dry run yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's just kind of like can i tell you the best part of this movie yeah, tell, because it's it's astounding that we haven't gotten ahead of ourselves. But no, we haven't him. said a thing about this. The, absolutely, the best part of this movie is Jack Nicholson's Joker. Absolutely. If anybody disagrees with me, the only acceptable disagreement would be that you are okay with Heath Ledger, and that's fine. <clears throat> but if you come at me with Leto, we're going to throw hands. I swear to God. Mm, there's room for lots of different Jokers in this world, and Leto's is still, not one of them. Leto's is not great. However. This is definitely not the best Joker, though. He was great, but he's not the best Joker. Heath Ledger is the best Joker. No, no, no. The only reason I agree with you is because we we got to see Heath Ledger do more. You think, uh, like, Nicholson even comes close? Like, the performance? He does. And- I think he does. Performance-wise, I think he does. I think he oh does God. a great job of doing that whole, like... Because when he's just a gangster, he is just a gangster. And then, like, being in this vat and getting, like, like the acid, like, destroying him. And we already kind of talked about it when they were, when uh, Batman is investigating Jack Napier on the computer. Uh, he does gloss over that he does have a history of criminal insanity. So that's already there. And so the the acid, just, like, him being betrayed and almost dying and these chemicals like destroying what he is um kind of like fucks with his brain enough where i'm like dude i believe he does go insane here and i do believe that he is insane following here because once he becomes joker he's never serious he he never at one time reverts back to his like gangster kind of mentality he's just always unhinged at that point but the reason that i think heath ledger does a better job is He's like that from start to finish. And there is no plan. You can't predict what he's going to do. You can't see, you know, the the X at the end of the map kind of thing with, with Heath Ledger's Joker. And I do also like the interactions between Bale's Batman and Ledger's Joker more than I do Bale's or uh, Keaton's Batman and Nicholson's Joker. Because they're really, right. are, they really aren't that many in this movie they really don't come head to head very often i agree with you on principle that the dark knight is a better movie than batman and that the joker gets like more to do and it's like deeper which definitely it definitely appeals to me more yeah right it's like 80s action movie i i'm obligated to just it's it's it appeals to me way less than the style of movie that was the dark knight which appealed to me way more than batman which when I saw that in theaters enthusiastically, which I did, I was like, yeah, I kind of actually really was not there for the Batman origin story. I kind of was like, wait, I get <laughs> doing this. I hate it. Where's Batman? Like I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
honest to God, I was like, what was that movie? But then The Dark Knight came out and I was like, on, I was like rekindled yep. in love superheroes full stop like mm-hmm. i was so excited and yeah it was he got to do an awful lot and it was really good and it definitely was a movie that appealed to me more and it was more intellectual and pensive and i jack nicholson is doing a 10 out of 10 job with what he is supposed to be doing i, just I think, think that's that I it Heath Ledger is supposed to be doing a lot more and i think it was a more impressive performance i think it was a tougher performance you know like i think i give jack nicholson 10 out of a 10 but i'd fucking turn the other one to 11 heath ledger's heath oh, ledger yeah. is, i reserve a fucking 12 and that's heath ledger that's fine and this is the first time it's happening you heard it here live recorded it's true i reserve one ever and that's it that's the okay. only one it's all right. just that one anyway i thought it was weird well first of all just quick mention that yeah this movie is actually a lot more about the joker than it is batman and he is origin story of batman, batman doesn't, does not so what <laughs> Um, and also for the best is my determination. Um, is it weird that he has like an identity and a backstory and all this shit? Is this like, like would have set the proverbial internet on fire in 89? Not really. A lot of pieces of this were taken from what's called, um, the killing joke, which is where we get a type of Joker's backstory. I'm aware vaguely of the, the events of the killing joke ish. So basically one of the story that Joker tells Batman or tells Gordon is he was once an aspiring stand-up comedian. His wife got pregnant. He needed money. He fell in with a gang that was going to rob Ace Chemicals, but they told him he needed to put on this red hood and suit to distract Batman. Batman arrives. Joker tries to tell him he's just a regular guy and he got set up. But Batman is like, you're lying. Like, you're not, you know, you're just trying to like, whatever. You're and a super he, villain. Yeah, basically. And he falls into the vat of Ace Chemicals and becomes, uh, his wife left him after that. He is deformed. He becomes criminally unhinged. But the biggest part about this is even Joker t- says that that's not how he actually remembers it. And that if he's going to have a backstory, he prefers to have it be multiple choice. This is the most likely Joker origin. And I think, again, this is why Ledger's works so much better than this. Is because it is better to enjoy the Joker without knowing where he came from. In my personal opinion. Yeah. The Joker. Well, and also just his like. But also they needed a reason to introduce the Joker here because they can't do the Dark Knight where he just appears at the end of the movie. There was a reason for Batman to become the Joker had to be the reason that Batman became publicly known because again, this is like his sophomore year of Batman. No one like they know he kind of exists, but they're like, it's not true. Like he, the cops don't give a a fuck about him. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon really isn't even like a fucking thing in this. Yeah, no, he's not. He's in it for like one hot second. Yeah, and then at the end, well, he gets the they get the bat. He signal gets the bat the signal, end, which, which wobbles. Wobbles. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Like yo, it's like the iconic last frame of your movie, and it's just like, like you all didn't have the money to stabilize. <laughs> it. Like you couldn't reshoot. Like you didn't have one more shot in this budget. But anyway. <laughs> A wacky waving inflatable arm flailing bat signal. Like, the point is, I, I'm sure I'll argue my eternal love for 
for Ledger. No, and that's fine. And those I, no one's going to disagree with you. I just think that Nicholson's doing a 10 out of 10 job of what he's supposed to be doing, which is a yeah. real still kind of campy superhero movie. Like the Schumacher stuff gets a little bit out of hand, but the transition from Batman Returns to Batman Forever is not that crazy, right? Remember that correctly? The tones aren't that different. Like there's camp here. And it's just to me objectively not as good as what they gave Heath Ledger to do. But it's still 10 out of 10 what he's trying to do. Well, and there was a there the other thing that we have to remember is there was a roadmap for the Nolan trilogy. There was no right, we gotta right. stay and on tone here. Like nobody knew what the fuck. Yeah, was. they were just like, fuck like, it, dude, let's make another movie. Like, why the fuck not? Like Batman's got tons of villains. Like why? <laughs> like, you know, and they just like right? keep moving on. They just keep, well, it's it is kind of funny that you say it like it's like Bond because yeah, it did just kind of like it didn't necessarily have like continuity, but technically this this Batman run had like four movies in it, even though it was different actors and kind of like but it sort of was supposed to be like the same Well, you know what one of the theories Alfred is? Alfred was Alfred's the, the same. Yeah. Right? So. Alfred so it's kinda of like it did kind of get like a four movie run right away. I don't know. Here's the like, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard this or not, but this is like a fan theory going around that Batman and Batman Returns are the Batman movies. And then Batman Forever and Batman and Robin are Batman movies about the Tim Burton verse. That's why they're so goofy and like different tone wise. Is there like about the Burton verse? Yeah. So they're like, if someone inside the Tim Burton universe was like, we're going to make a movie about like Batman. The boys. Like this is the, this is like the Dawn of the seven of the Burton. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That's wild. Yeah. Sure. I do have a question for you though. And they just got the real Alfred to play. I know. They were just like, Alfred. Hey, like, are you not doing anything? anyway go on i do have a question for you um i don't fully understand your trope comment about the girlfriend oh my god okay so i'm watching this and i'm like all right i'm loving the joker right Right. he's great i like all of his crazy shit um and then he shows up and he like has the scene in the the art gallery which i really liked like that that part like pop like yeah he was doing great which it was a weird crime for the Joker. It was very low level, but I was like, yeah. Well, okay. it said he was an art major too. So he has like, <laughs> which is an odd sure, thing. Sure, fucking what? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. All right, Tim Burton. So we have this fun scene with uh, Kim Basinger, right? Which I liked mm-hmm. for as I and I as I lead up to my rant, <laughs> uh, right? That I and we'll I want to ask you about Harley Quinn, but we'll save it. Oh yeah, um, that's fine. But. It goes from being kind of like the stupidest scene ever in a Batman movie, like bad that I enjoyed, but it's dumb, right? In mm. the art gallery, to like kind of menacing. Like he's like definitely scaring the hell out of her. Oh yeah. And then she gets kidnapped, but she de- first she has a cool moment where she's like, "What do you want?" And she's like, uh, like earnestly nodding along with him and his insanity. Like she's yeah, like, she genuinely like, wants to like do a story on him. I think I I mean I think she just is like. She's like interested and she's like, how can I get out of this? Like, yeah, what can I do for you? Like, what is the situation yeah. <laughs> you here? What is the situation? What do you need me to do to not be in this scenario? Um, and and he's explaining his insanity and she's nodding at him. And like, so, but he, she, she gets kidnapped and it's just like, this happens all the 
fucking time. This is always the superhero plot. Like there's it's the damsel in distress trope. That's what it is. And they're always like you just picture like Kirsten Dunst like hanging out of a oh, yeah. and it's probably on fire and the dress is very virgin and white and like you just it's it's just it's a trope and she gets caught up in it when she gets kidnapped here and it's like it's not fridging but it's in the family. It's like the, a cousin of fridging. Um Yeah. Just really annoying and i'm just like boo i want like i'm just tired of that you know and i just i don't i hate all the kidnap stuff and i'm like blah blah like i way preferred Catwoman to this and then i'm like no one's trying to hurt you Lindsay. it's 1989 <laughs> like it's you can sit down like it's okay for him to go rescue his girlfriend but i just my biggest takeaway is like yeah it's exacerbating for me to watch that but the reason that it's exacerbating isn't because that can't be compelling because six months ago I was crying in the fucking movie theater because of Zendaya having. Uh, yeah. Right. So it's not that it's not good. It's not that it's problematic or that it's not woke or something. It's that there's so little representation that so much of women in superhero movies, especially and in action movies is this. And it's just like, oh, because there's just so little representation. And and again, it's 1989 and no one is trying to hurt me. But I'm so glad that we're kind of where we are. And I'm really hoping for more positive things to come because there is room in these movies that in the in the enormous multiverse that is comic book movies right now. Right. There's both that scene with Zendaya and Emma Stone coming back from the multiverse as Spider-Gwen to save the fucking day. And please, God, there is no reason that this shouldn't be in development. I'd be like, so be the plot of Amazing Spider-Man 3, why is this not happening? She should come in from outside in the multiverse, and she's Spider-Gwen, and they can be together again. And she would be the best, because she's the best. And I'm like, there's room for both of those things to be great. But so often, especially in these older movies, we only just do it the one way, and it's, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it was so great that Michelle Pfeiffer comes in three years later and is like, not only do I not need a fucking man, I'm going to kill the. I don't know if you remember this or not. I'm going to kill the damsel in distress trope by literally killing the damsel in distress. Yeah, but let me hit you with this. Let me blow your mind because that's true. And I thought about that when I was leaving these notes. And that's correct. But you know what Michelle Pfeiffer fucking was? The bad guy. Not really. Yeah, though. Nobody was like, oh my God, I I was her. Yeah, exactly. It's not good enough. It's like, it's think about the visceral reaction that I over explained to you of Alicia Silverstone for me. It's different. Let me right now as someone experiencing that and who's gone through it and who remembers these movies. It is fucking different. It's not good enough. She's like, she's the anti-hero. She straight murdered this guy. I'm like, yeah, but like, she's not, that's not what I'm talking about. That's why I didn't include her in my notes. Cause I thought about that. Um, no, when we get the first like female superhero representation that we get, I believe is Alicia Silverstone, right? Like some of the, maybe there was that terrible Catwoman movie. We are never talking about that. No, you know what I mean? And she's still kind of an anti-hero and it was bad. You know, the and and I'm not saying that Batman and Robin was good. I just <laughs> I just really remember how excited I was in the marketing. Like before it came out that I was like, the girl bat, there's bat girl. We can, no, that, I can that meant so much to me. This anti-hero shit isn't the same thing. 
I can I can understand that. That's that's fair, and that does make sense to me. Um, and she's not the protagonist of the movie by a stretch. Yeah, not even know? close. It's just like she's, she's on a personal vendetta. Guy. Yeah. Also, I do want to answer your question, um, and I did see this earlier. Alicia Hunt, his girlfriend, in the beginning, she is not yeah. a comic book character. She was made for the movie. So sucks to suck then, right? This should have been Harley Quinn. If he's gonna so, fuck up her face and do all the it's the Harley story kind of, right? Why isn't it Harley? Sort of. Harley, I don't I'm kind of surprised you don't know this, but I can understand why you wouldn't. Um I don't know a lot about DC comics, to be honest. Yeah. I that's kind of where I, I haven't was watched like, the, it's all the, the flash. <clears throat> um, I, yeah, a little bit. Like and only because of the CW show do I know Dick right. And I stopped <laughs> right. watching that months ago. So who knows? Yeah. I haven't always um, seen an episode of The Flash forever. So Harley Quinn actually is not an original comic book character. She was created for Batman, the animated series. She appeared oh, in the 22nd I episode know that. of the first season. Yeah. Okay. But she became so popular that they actually started putting her back into the, they put her into the comics and she eventually has be, she has literally become one of the most popular female comic book characters in history. If well, not which the way most. I said when we talked about Margot Robbie yeah. a couple of weeks ago, like I don't think she made a mistake in the Suicide Squad movie. No, I like I'm not I saying don't it think she, I think Margot the Robbie movie made a mistake, but I don't think Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn made a mistake. No, it was great in the role, and it was a great yeah. practical business career move for her. Like it as was. she came out on top, if there was anything like Suicide Squad, if I'm Margot Robbie, I'm like I actually don't care what anyone has to say about Suicide no, Squad. No, she probably made That's bank. Probably- 10 out of 10 for yeah. her. It, not just the money, but like she became unbelievably famous. Oh, definitely. definitely. Like she gets whatever role she wants now. Like she's Margot Robbie. She's queen. Yeah, she's Barbie. She's, she, fuck yeah, she's going to be Barbie. <laughs> All right. So I can't wait to see that movie. I know. Um, I liked, back to the Joker, I like their like weird symbiotic relationship. And I understand that the big thing deviation and weird thing in this movie is that joker's his dad like uh, i'm sorry (laughs) wow what fucking movie were you watching yeah so joker Joker is the one that killed him yeah yeah. um and martha who gets like no love and then they like no they don't even talk about that later um no the joker killed his dad is like the big crazy reveal deviation thing in this movie but i kind of like the way that it like I don't know. I I like their weird symbi- symbiotic thing. I like the whole I created you, you created thing. And yeah, you, I, Jesus, you made whole- me, you idiot. Yeah, that's what he says to him <laughs> at the top of the clock tower or the 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 church. Yeah. And it's so good in the Lego Batman. Yes, not the is. same. thing. Obviously, it's not that Joker killed his parents, but it's I'll that. I'll never hate anyone more than I hate you kind of thing. Like, well, it's like, you're, no, other. have you seen Lego Batman? It's been a while. It's a God, that is such a good movie. It's about um, their whole thing is like, you love me. Like, I know I'm your biggest bad guy, but you love me and you need me and we have a relationship, right? Joker's yeah. like, no, a thing. Like, you and I are a thing. And Batman's like, I'm not a thing with anybody. Even you, fuck you. <laughs> it's I so love cool. Will Arnett. Yo, you should go home and watch. I am Lego home, Batman. No, I I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> to stop adding to the list. Um, yeah, please. Anyway... <laughs> I gotta see. I'm like, watch all the things. Lego Batman is the best Batman. I really fucking believe that. Maybe the Dark Knight. I really like. I Lego Batman at a minimum ties with the Dark Knight for me. Yeah, 
Also, I do like your final note here. Uh, yes, his death is very ridiculous. Um, there's no way his body is intact when he falls from that fucking high. Yeah, this Batman kills. The whole Batman yeah. kill people thing, I'm like, mm, lots of Batman kill. <laughs> yeah, the only villain that the only villains who don't die in these four 90s Batman movies are the Riddler, Ivy, and uh, Mr. Freeze. The three of them are arrested. It's kind of implied that Two-Face somehow survived that fall. I don't fucking get that, but um, yeah, yeah. the tower into the sea. Isn't that how Into that the like, broken metal in the water. Yeah, I remember. You remember. I haven't seen that movie in a minute. Yeah. Like, I, um, but yeah, his death is wild. And it's too bad that they that they kill him right away, right? It's like uh so in- you never get more than one movie out of the Joker. Except except when it's terrible. That's the only time we get a recurring Joker is like the the worst one. Yeah. It's bad. Well, so here's the other funny thing, and this is kind of like a it's weird that there's so many like correlations between Batman eighty nine and Batman the Nolan trilogy and everything. Mm-hmm. So the way that Heath Ledger's Joker falls is the exact same way that Jack Nicholson falls. However, Batman doesn't kill. He does catch him. And it's a whole thing about it. It's like, oh, you just couldn't let me go. Right. It's well, I think that the Nolan films are like the reason that people understand like non-comic people and this like me understand that Batman doesn't kill people is because of the Nolan movies. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing prior to that where Batman specifically has an issue with it. Where he's like, fuck it, whatever. Like, I don't care. I generally assume that my good guy superheroes would prefer not to kill. I assume that I, I'm not like there's you, very few heroes where I'm like, I like Deadpool's like the exception of a hero that I'm like, I expect you to mercilessly. Oh, I expect you to share guy. your bullets with everybody. Yeah. yeah it's usually <laughs> like, it's kind of like unintentional. Like you, you assume most of your, it heroes just happens want right? to kill. Yeah. But Batman is like the one that has this like real, like he won't even let it like whoopsie do happen. Like Iron Man would let somebody fall off the building. You know oh, what I mean? He kills like, like three people. Like, 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 18 people on his first outing in his first movie when he frees that town well a lot of the movies now it's you know your army of drones or monsters cap Cap literally killed all of those people the the uh, all of rumlow's men in civil war he kills all of them all those guys yeah well cap kills like like nazis Nazis with a gun traitors and you know cap's very like his bad guys are like they deserve it they don't they're like red cloaks without a uh I don't know. I just the point is we're like all over the place on no, this episode. But that was how the other- we always are when something really has a lot of uh, cultural impact. I think when we're really all over the place, it's because it's because something has a lot of. It affected I- us in more than one. Th- well, and that's the thing. That was the last thing I was going to say was so Joker dies in this right, and then in Nolan's universe, he is captured. In the novelization of the movie, it's implied that he's sent to Arkham and everyone else is removed from Arkham. And the worst punishment the Joker could like be put to is not being able to talk to someone, like mm-hmm. not being able to create chaos for someone. Well, and I know that before the real life tragedy that was Heath Ledger's yeah. death, um, he was supposed to come back in the Dark Knight Rises. Back. Yeah, it was supposed to be him against the Riddler, Joker, and Scarecrow. Would have been so 
fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, but without Scarecrow, because I don't care I about love him. Scarecrow, dude. I He's hate what fine. I hate Nolan Scarecrow because he doesn't actually do anything. It's just so boring and I didn't get it. And I said, yeah. who's this guy? I don't know this Batman bad guy. And I don't get it. And I was like looking for something like that I'd seen before. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, and I think a lot of people this? were like, even I Victor Zaz is in there. He's he's like not Batman yet, and instead he's a samurai. And I'm like, what's happening? I was so <laughs> like, as a non-comic fan who honestly like hadn't like I didn't really know shit about superheroes at that yeah. time when the first Nolan movie came out in 2013. I was like, oh, I was otherwise occupied. Um, no, when did was it really 2013? God damn. Yeah. I thought it was like earlier than that. And the point is, I was like otherwise occupied and didn't really know that much about superheroes at that time. I hadn't really gotten into the MCU at that time, right? I was still yeah. kind of had just barely moved back to the States. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that. Yeah, I didn't watch any of the MCU movies the whole time I was living abroad when they first started coming out, and then I felt behind. I just didn't get into it, and I was like, I went and saw Batman Begins, and I was like, what the fuck? This is amazing. <laughs> what? No, I was confused. I was like, this it doesn't seem like you're Batman, and like, what's the plot? Who's this guy? Why is he wearing a bag on his head? He's not a... Where's the Joker? Was what I basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Riddler? Like I wanted like something I recognized. Yeah. When it was the Scarecrow, I was like, what's happening? Of Rajah Ghul and Scarecrow. Yeah, I was like, who's Rajah Ghul? And then I watched like Arrow, right? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, holy shit, I got some backstory now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I get it. I should go back and watch Batman Begins. But I anyway, I, my biggest takeaway from this is that like Batman is just not a hero who needs an origin story. It's not his weakest. It's it's not his strongest like uh, leg to stand on his origin story. I think Batman should just be. I don't think that he needs any kind of prelude. He just should be. Yeah. I'm going to let Lindsay take us into our new segment that she concocted for you guys. Yeah, I feel like we always have this this bit at the end where we kind of like unstructured talk about everything that we didn't really have anywhere else to say it or it'll be like our little fun facts or things we thought were funny. So I'm gonna make this an official end section of the podcast called the rumor requirement. Because <laughs> it does. It's whatever we kind of need it to be when it's happening. And I invite you listeners to send us stuff if there's anything that you want us to talk about in the rumor requirement. That's just sort of like ancillarily related to one of the movies we're talking about. If you have like some random bullshit you'd like us to throw out there, um, please let us know and send us feedback. I'll love to put it in the rumor requirement where we can be whatever we need it to be. So for today's rumor requirement, I really liked the reference to the Amex don't leave home without it commercials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was good. I said, I know that reference. I remember that on TV. Hell Yeah. <laughs> The we kind of did already talk about, but yeah, the Batsuit had zero range of motion. It was kind of fucking insane. But yep. the one that I do think is like my favorite thing that you you found in all this was yes, they absolutely all of these movies just fucking end. Yeah, it's a little weird, right? Like just a little stray thought that like in today's theater experience, I can usually count on a solid 15 minutes in the movie, I feel like, that's gonna be after the final fight, right? Like, end of the third act, like, dust settling. I feel like I'm going to get 10 to 15 minutes of dust settling. Yeah. Right? At least five. These movies just fucking end. Like, in Indiana Jones, like, they're literally still on horseback. And it's so deceptive because you're like, oh, surely, because, again, I think something we're learning in the 80s, like, these action movies are not, just not my my flavor. Just not yeah. my favorite. We don't have and anymore. I'm always like, 
Hey, I know, right? For a minute. <laughs> um, at least not the older ones. You know what I mean? It's a little, it's a little yeah. better. But these older 80s action movies are a little tough for me. And it's like deceptive. It's like gaslighting me. Like the movie, like I'm like, surely if this is the big end fight, and I understand structure, this is the third act. Like this will be, we'll get the part that I like soon. Everyone will wrap up and go home and talk about their futures and we'll be done with all this action bullshit any second now because we still got 15 minutes in the movie. And it's like, nah, bitch, we're fighting for 15 more minutes and then the movie's just going to end. <laughs> it's like, what? That really bothers me. I, I'm kind of glad that we're we're moving towards like the more i'm just i'm just happy we're moving into the 90s yeah it, for me this is the last movie of the 80s mermaid is too good to it feels like the 90s it's the disney renaissance this is like it for the the stuff in the 80s that's like tough for me even though i've really enjoyed a lot of it don't get me wrong but yeah siskel and ebert argued in their original review as to whether this was better than indiana jones this is the thing i'm going to start looking up um because there are these old, like they had a show, right? They had a TV show where they would like talk about, they would do their reviews. And all us millennials grew up hearing Siskel and Ebert give it two thumbs up, right? Yeah. Heard that. Um, and so I watched the original Siskel and Ebert review of this movie and it was fascinating watching them argue about whether this was better than Indiana Jones and how they thought that like there was no like heart or like character development in the movie, but that like Batman was lit was like a conversation they had in 1989 <laughs> 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 which i really liked like seeing it come out they were like it's so dark it's like they talked about how different it is yeah. from uh the 60s movies and how different that was for them and they were the one thing they were able to agree on is that it was not for kids which i was like oh my god you have no idea how many kids like went and saw this movie <laughs> Cisco and Ebert are like, oh, I'd not bring my child. Dude, and I feel like that's super apropos of what happened with fucking Deadpool. Oh my god. Every that's mom was like, this is gonna be a superhero movie, and I can't wait. He looks just like Spider-Man. They're gonna go, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the marketing tried to make that clear, but Yeah, until Ryan Reynolds was literally like, Don't bring your fucking kids to this movie. It's rated R. Are you dumb? Right. Like, when that came out, that was like when I started watching them. See you. It was like that late, like twenty fourteen. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like really late, and like no interest in it whatsoever. That's kind of crazy. I didn't know that. It's because of being abroad for the first, oh, it, and then being in grad school and just being like, I just had like other shit. I just, I don't know. I just was like not keyed in until I got like, I don't know. So my friends were all over me the whole time about it, though. Yeah, but I just was like. No, that looks dumb. I, I'm not watching Captain America. Like, I straight up. Anyway, tell me about uh, the Robin Williams stuff, because this is cool. So, yeah, this I actually didn't know a lot of this until we started doing the notes for this. Um, So Robin Williams was actually offered. So the way it went down, actually, let me say it that way. The way it went down was Jack Nicholson was approached to play Joker. And he was very on the fence about it. He wasn't sure. So they also offered it to Robin Williams. And Robin Williams actually did accept the role. Like he was good to go. And then the producers went back to Jack Nicholson and were like, he's going to be Joker. If you say, if you don't like make a decision right now, basically using Robin Williams as bait to get Nicholson to commit. And so Nicholson actually, as we know, did commit. And Robin Williams was so fucking pissed 
Not only did he refuse to play Riddler in Batman Forever, which I did know about. I did know that they were like, you should do this. Um, he actually refused to ever work with Warner Brothers again until they apologized to him. My dude had so many like, like little quid pro quos that he would uh, put out there. Yeah. Into, it's right? crazy. Like some provisos. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, yeah, Robin was the best with all of that. I mean, and yeah. it, it kind of reminds me of the Fern Gully debacle, which we actually will talk about like sooner than we talk about. Yeah, well, actually, right around Aladdin, the same time yeah, we talk about, about Aladdin, which is that, which is that debacle. And yeah, this movie came out on the 50th anniversary of the character of Batman, which is yeah. pretty cool. I do actually really like that. Like, I don't know if that was a hundred percent intentional, but a wild coincidence. It is, yeah, it is. It's like a very wild coincidence. And also, I'm looking at the timeline. Ferngully did come out the same year that Aladdin came out. Yeah, because they were they were in production at the same time. That's bonkers. I can't believe I didn't know that. That was the whole thing. Do you not know this controversy no, about I don't. And Robin Williams and Ferngully? Keep it to yourself until we get to the movies. I oh my god. Oh, you're about to. No, Robin Williams, the thing with, because he's he's batty in Ferngully. I know, and I love him so much. Price check on prune juice, Bob. Price check on prune juice, Bob. There was a ridiculous, like, wait till I inform you about the dirty, underhanded shit that the Disney company did to try and tank Ferngully so they could have Robin Williams to themselves. No. Oh, yeah. They did some dirty shit. Yo, they gave him a Picasso to apologize. Shush. Not nah, wait till we get into this. It's great. <laughs> it with Ferngully is like real. All right. So, what'd you give this movie? What'd you rate it? I always will give this movie an eight and a half. This, All right, that's solid. Yeah, I. This is literally like I. This is another movie I watched at Mamaw's house. This is it was it was such a good movie. It's funny to me. It's the perfect amount of action. It's the perfect amount of uh, you know storytelling while still being like an early like proto superhero movie but as i've gotten older like the things it's done for pop culture just as a whole and the superhero genre it cannot be overlooked that being said (laughs) i do take serious issue with the blatant damsel in distress setup here um that she is not useful in any way to the story um it's I, just basic it it's is not, it's very formulaic ebert. ebert was like there is no like the only character having development in this movie is the joker which yeah. is legit, right that's like the joker's the awesome. 10 out of 10. absolutely he is um but also like the whole not actually getting some exposition on why he's batman and not just man man so like funny. it's like, just weird bat, like yeah. why and the whole sleeping upside down thing that shit pisses his, me off every time his wings his like mechanical can you imagine yeah. how heavy those are it's for the record yeah. it does that is heavy his like cape i well and that's I'm why nolan you. did it so much better is everything he has gets explained like how he uses it gets explained and why nolan, he has like, it corrected it you know who had it the best is the bilf yeah Elf had this way of walking around like he was just unabashedly loaded and was just like, don't even fucking worry about how I got it. Well, how do you think I got it? I'm a billionaire. I was like, oh, exactly. okay. Yeah, like, just I, like, I have these things. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Like, I don't get me wrong. The Nolan films are incredible and everything that they did, including explaining where all this shit came from. And the, the, the R&D scenes in the Nolan films are some yeah. of my favorite. 
Like, Good so don't here. get me wrong. Like, I love that. But I really love how bad Fleck is just like, yeah, I just got this. What? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I just have this. Oh, we need like a cell phone that can like clone another phone. Wayne Industries will make it. It's because it. he shows up to work, which Baddison needs to learn from, or he's swiftly going to run out of gadgets. Well, and anyway. that's what I said about. That's what I said about Batman. I'm so tired of Batman being poor, or on the verge of broke. He look poor. He look poor. <laughs> uh, what did you give this? I gave it an eight, and I was stretching a little bit. I, but you know what? Fuck it. It was fun. Like yeah. it's campy and it's silly and it's fun and it's ridiculous. But I, I was a little bit bored. Like the eight is really me trying to step out of how I feel about it and not its influence. This gets a ten out of ten for its place in cultural history. Yeah. I think that's different. That's almost a rating we should bring in. Like we should have had that like as a separate thing because this gets a 10 out of 10 on influence. But like I was stretching for the eight, but it's like it's an 80s action movie and and being a little bored is my job. Right. So it's I was definitely stretching um, to try and give it credit for things that I recognize are good, even if it wasn't my favorite thing. Um, And the Joker was great. If I was to like Lindsay pick a Batman movie tonight, this is not the one I'm picking. No. The one I'm picking is the Lego Batman. <laughs> and that's but what we learned. That's what we learned today. The movie that I pick out of the Batman drawer is the Lego Batman movie. Um, followed by The Dark Knight, followed by straight up Batman and Robin. Fuck you. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Say that to the universe of everyone who just said no. But- <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> That's number three. Jesus. I give Jack Nicholson, though, a 10 out of 10. He I was do, great. too. Like, he yeah. was probably better than this for movie. What he was, for how his Joker was written and the the what he needed to bring, because up to this point, like, Cesar Romero's Joker was, like, a dumbass. He, yeah, was- he definitely borrowed from that, though, in the same way that the ridiculous like bat gadgets borrowed from Adam West. Like, they all take something from from the other, such that it's so circular that that yeah. Becker ended up back at Adam West, and then and then Nolan had to course correct again. That's very true. That actually like, is they, very true. They all take something from the prior bat. I think, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. It is definitely like. Batman is like the superhero James Bond. For sure. Yeah. There's been the most of him. Like we said, we get a whole decade just to the bat. Yep. Just dedicated to Batman movies. We got <laughs> nothing else. We got n- not even, and I, I fucking checked this, not even a Superman movie in that decade. No, Superman was, ended in 87. We j- I just looked it up. He doesn't come think, back until Man of Steel. No, I'm sorry. He doesn't come back until stuff. Superman Returns in 2004. Two? Four. Four. Um, and I think that we got so, which if that's not on the timeline, it should be. It should be. Um, I think that we got some other superhero movies in that time. They just were not. We had, dude. We had Jack Steel. That's what. Yeah, or like Blade. We had Blade. I want to say came out. You know what I mean? Like, there's some that were like. It's not to say Bond. that we were entirely devoid of superheroes, but not anything that really performed. Yeah, nothing that like blew your doors off. And that's why like 2008 was such a huge deal. Iron Man show that you can make a working Superman or a superhero movie. Oh, well, yeah, and so did Batman really... Begins. Well, so did the X-Men. Everything changed in 2000. True, true. Um, Superman. Super- <laughs> Jesus. 
take us out of here. Get this is your movie coming up, so take us out of here. Oh man, it is, you guys. We're back next week for the little motherfucking mermaid. Like, I cannot tell you how long I've been waiting to get to this moment. Like, this is I'm really, really excited for this episode. Um it's going to be awesome. This is the last one of the 80s with the first of the Disney Renaissance and kind of a whole different section of the timeline. And we will be moving into a new season after Mermaid. We're going to start season three. Mm-hmm. Right? Or with Mermaid. I don't know these No, things. we're ending it with, with Little Mermaid. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, um, yeah, the 90s will start season three of this podcast. I'm just like, I'm real excited to talk about Little Mermaid. Um, and we're going to do a little bit of a double whammy, Little Mermaid. Right, we so are. we're gonna have an episode, and then we're gonna have a Patreon special. We're gonna have um, some family on, and we're gonna kind of talk mermaid from more of a personal, personal side, of things, yeah. side of things, more so than the the critical influence. What does the Renaissance mean? What does this mean for Disney princesses? Because we're gonna talk about all of that with Ariel. Yep. And I'm going to talk about it so much so we don't get room to do the rest of it. So we're going to have a Patreon special with some very special guests. Scott, do you want to tell us about the Patreon special that's coming up I and then take do. us all the way out? Yeah, I'll take us all the way out of here. So the Patreon special is going to include my sister, who is a huge Ariel fan. And who um, has not made it to the podcast before. Not, I know. She has never made it on, and I'm very excited about that. Um, my sister, if I'm lucky, will also bring on my niece. Uh, who does not call this movie Little Mermaid. She just calls it the Ariel movie or just <laughs> Ariel. And she loves Ariel too. Um, but we're also going to have my Aunt Jamie back from uh, her stint on the Breakfast Club episode, who this is the first movie that she showed me the very first time she babysat me. Um, and she'll I'll let her tell that whole story. But yeah, I'm I'm so excited to have them on for this like special Patreon episode. Um, I say it all the time, but I know I've been slacking on the Patreon with stuff. So we are going to start ramping up now that we're coming into the Renaissance. We're going to do these like side interviews with people uh, because we're getting into an era where a lot of our listeners are that age and they yeah. can relate. This is with our this time, stuff. millennials. Yeah. This is we're coming into our own nineties um, kids. I know because I'm excited. Yeah. I, I so I am. can't wait. So subscribe to the Patreon for sure. Yes, and absolutely. Sorry. We'll have me... that at all <laughs> levels, right? On the Patreon. Yes. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the Patreon. You guys will, any level that you subscribe to, will be able to listen to that interview and it will be up the same day that the episode drops. Um, and again, you can find our links to our sites and the social media in the episode descriptions. Um, if you do want to support the podcast, again, the Patreon is the best way to do so. Um, You can also check out the website for all of our timeline goodies, past, present, and future. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.